every level of awareness, every cell in your body is in the task at hand. Whatever you're doing will be for the collective. It will serve the collective. It won't, it can't be good for one and bad for another. So, you know, flow state is the fifth key. So not only harnessing flow of your individual team members, but learning collective flow. When you have a team that's in collective flow, you are unstoppable. You know, I mean, from, from you ever see a game that you're watching and you're like, this team is done. There's no way they can come back. And all of a sudden there's a shift and the other team's starting to scramble and the other team's just coming back, coming back, coming back. They're unstoppable. And before the buzzer, they win the game. And the other team's like, what was that? That was collective flow. The other person knew what the next person was doing. They're connected through consciousness and energy. Welcome to the Chai Chat Podcast. Solutions for empowered living. Engaging, educating, empowering. Each week, your host, Tarun Puri, author of Finding the Guru Within, and Steve Harvey, mindset mentor to A-list celebrities and stars, bring a combined expertise of over six decades in mentoring, coaching, and inspiring positive solutions to the negatives which keep us stuck and unhappy. With a focus on solutions versus problems, in each episode, they discuss topics relevant to the human condition, which challenge us from moving forward into positive growth and ultimate freedom. Through stream-of-consciousness unscripted dialogue and inquiry, they provide practical, deep, and actionable insights to support you in creating and living a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Join us each week and learn how to access your own inner GPS, your guru positioning system, which comes preset with all the solutions you need for empowered living. Living a life of ease versus effort is only a thought away. Let us show you what works and what doesn't. Hello and welcome to Chai Chat, the podcast. My name is Steve Harvey. And I'm Tarun Puri. And today's episode is titled, At the Helm, Five Keys for Leadership Mastery. Uh, we have a, a great guest today who's going to share his journey uh, of uh, through his life and what led him to be uh, where he is today. And I think it's a journey that each and every one of us can relate to, uh, you know, at some points of it, maybe not all of it, but there'll be definitely parts of it that we can all relate to and we can see ourselves in this story. Uh, I think, Trin, you'll agree that so many of us are focused on the destination that we fail to find the gift on each one of the stepping stones along our journey through life. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, our, our guest today, Mr. Michael Doyle, uh, I think he's clearly been able to do that. What do you think? No, absolutely, Steve. Uh, to me, uh, this, this obsession with the destination and the rush to get there, wherever there is, and the story we tell ourselves and the high cost we pay, um, you know, sometimes results in disappointment whenever we get wherever's there because we never had a chance to build those foundations and to grow and learn in, I think, a very conscious present moment and take the learnings from all the experiences and integrate them. So uh, I know that having chatted a little bit with Michael the other day, I'm very excited because I think his journey is very relatable. Um, we can replace some of the you know areas with our own experience, but I think the themes uh, really 
will indicate um, that when he is speaking about leadership, that he comes by it honestly, right? Because we hear so much of a buzz out there. Everybody's using terms like be a leader and leadership. And I don't know, sometimes, Steve, it, it becomes almost like a buzzword. And, and, and I'm like, I don't know how to relate to that. But uh, so I think today, yeah. Yeah, and some people uh, really shy away from stepping into leadership for, for many reasons. You know, I remember when I was working in Thailand and I had the staff members there and I, there was a girl that I saw so much potential in and I wanted to promote her into more of a leadership position within the team and, and she declined. And when mm -hmm. I asked her why, uh, she said, you know, could Steve, and that was my name over there, could Steve, uh, she <laughs> said, you know, I'm still fairly young compared to the other girls in the team. And culturally, uh, it's just not right for me to be, you know, telling them what to do, to be their supervisor, so to speak. She said, yeah, I, I, I need to decline at this time. And that was really an eye opener for me, you know, that a lot of the reasons why we don't step into a leadership position, um, we have no idea why people do what they do and why they don't do what they do. And so I, don't, I think, you know, Leadership, while it's, you say it's a nice buzzword out there, it's not for everyone um, at that moment in time based on where they are on their journey through life. So I think um, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what Michael has to say. So yeah, why don't I begin? Yeah. yeah, why don't I begin by introducing Michael? Uh, yeah. he, he's a leadership seer and a business alchemist. I love that title. I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> As a peak performance and leadership expert, a best-selling author and a gifted speaker, and an intuitive coach, he has developed the ability to unlock the potential in others, which is as a result of his own journey from being exhausted and stuck to the present day where he is thriving. Michael has developed a common sense, practical and effective processes, which motivates, inspires and guides companies and their teams to also thrive by creating what he terms a collective flow. Cool. Additionally, as a coach in unleashing human potential, he has been featured among global leaders in a documentary series on Amazon Prime called The Awakening. Also, he's one hell of a musician. I must oh. say that. You know, um, and I, I actually met Michael um, through a mutual friend. Uh, we connected on Facebook a few years ago, and uh, I discovered one day that he was actually going to be in Calgary to visit his brother. And so we arranged for, for having a coffee meet, and it was just an amazing um, meeting. It was one of those instant connections that you feel with someone, but that wasn't the best part. The best part was he picked up the tab. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> Oh, I, I'm liking him even more. Uh, this is well, like, like, okay, so let's get Michael on here. This is let's uh, welcome Michael. Hey, thanks. Michael, how are you? I am, I am good. <laughs> Next one's on you. <laughs> okay, that's very generous. I, I, I mean, I guess Steve, he knows a lot about you already when he met you, mm. right? Anyways, that's another topic. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're so happy to have you join us, Michael. Thanks for taking the time and and uh, really being open to sharing your story and your journey here. I think that our uh, listeners uh, are going to benefit uh, uh, 
so much from it. And you are in, in Canada, you're in Ontario, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, the area where you were born and, and sort of growing up, what was going on for and with you. For sure. And first, uh, I do, as always, I want to start with gratitude. Don't take it lightly that I'm here, that, um, you know, um, I'm going to be present and be a channel to serve the collective and however we can in the conversations that we have today. So, you know, my only agenda is to be a channel and um, I don't take it lightly. And, you know, your guys time and the conversation we had the other day, I'm just really excited to be here. A um, little bit about my journey. You know, I'm originally from Newfoundland. I spent over 16 years in the Arctic. Went for three months, lost track of time. We'll get into that a little bit later. And uh, been in London, Ontario now for six years. So uh, my journey's brought me all over and I did a lot of traveling in between. But um, I think home is wherever you, you know, feel in alignment. Uh, home is a feeling. Home is a place inside you too. Um, no matter where we go, we got to take ourselves with us. So <laughs> until we're at home within ourselves, um, the journey's a struggle and, and until it's not. So I can't wait to talk about, you know, some of the things that light me up and how I got into leadership. Fantastic. And so tell me, you know, you weren't always a coach. Um, what did you do before that? So, um, you know, I used to say jack of all trades, master of none, but now I've learned uh, I'm jack of all trades, master of many. Like I worked in mm. construction. I worked in processing plants. I did bookkeeping, finance, um, you know, ran my own company. I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And as of late, I left the corporate world finance about six years ago. I've been running my own business. So, you know, I'm in year six and loving where it's going. But um, it's it's interesting. Coaching, I didn't choose it. It chose me. It's something that pulled me in. It's something that if you told me 10 years ago, this is what I'd be doing, I wouldn't know. But it all started with struggle, right? We don't grow by status quo. I don't know about you guys. I haven't met anyone yet that had a straight line. <laughs> anyone <laughs> I do my talks, I'm like, if anyone in here has had a straight line, um, I want you on stage and I'm going to sit and listen to what you have to say because... Um, you know, we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't have uh, contrast. We would, you know, I think NASA did a study where they had all these ideal conditions for trees to grow and they grew super fast and super tall. They're all happy. And all of a sudden they all start falling over oh. because there was no resistance. There was no wind. So they had no reason to have deep roots. And I think we need deep roots. So there's things that can slow us down. There's things that can shake us, but nothing can move me. I'm moment mother Gaia. I'm rooted in the earth. And that's one thing that I've learned along my journey, right? We, um, we are far more powerful than we're believed to, uh, led to believe. And I think it's important to journey inward. Um, everyone's on different stages of journey, but we are all equal and no one's better than anyone. But we, we all, we all have wisdom to give. And, and I think it's our divine mandate to, to share what our soul has to express. So um, getting comfortable in my own skin was a, wasn't an overnight journey. So if you want, I can jump into a little bit about my, uh, my journey with alcohol and how that led me to where I am now. Sure. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, everyone has a different vice. It could be food. It could be drugs. It could be sex. It could be uh, alcohol. It could be all of the above. <laughs> um, but again, it's really a distraction. It's something to, to keep us from going inward. It's something to help us numb to not deal with whatever needs healing, you know. So looking back, I always joke and say I was only drunk once. It was for about 16 years. But um, <laughs> 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 my, my, friends didn't know I, my friends didn't know I drank till they saw me sober. But when I when I finally had that moment to change, it was an internal shift. Anytime we make a big change, it's sparked by a moment of clarity, right? And I can remember April 24, 2010, um, very hungover from a show I played the night before, sitting on the floor with my son. My son, Timothy, was 14 months old. And that was the moment where I had a quantum shift in my life. I surrendered the struggle. And 
you know, surrender is so important. As you know, there's things we have control over within our journey, but we have to surrender to the divine. And when I asked for help that day from a higher power, I definitely got that help. It really, it really is what was the catalyst for all my expansion. I didn't know where it was leading me. I just knew that was the next step. And Timothy was a big motivator, but I did it for myself. It was a shift internally. And he was my motivator for sure. So when I started to do that, you know, it, people think we need to make all these changes at once. We need to do um, 10 steps, but we just need to make one choice and one decision. Do one thing differently today. If we change the input, over time it creates a different output. So for me, after I quit drinking, for some reason, I remember getting up Monday morning. I'm like, I'm going to walk to work today. I was living in the Arctic too, minus 40, minus 50. I love the cold. That's a whole other thing too we'll get to. But um, oh. I started walking to work, you know, and it was like a 35-minute walk, and I think eventually it became like a 20 to 25-minute walk. But um, walking to work every day, I lost over 20 pounds in the first month. And then um, I had people come up to me uh, months later that I, did, I didn't talk to. I wasn't coaching them. I wasn't doing those things. And, like, we're sitting somewhere, and they're like, I just want you to know, uh, you know, you really helped me. You motivated me. And I'm thinking, how did I motivate you? And he's like, I've really seen how you've turned your life around. I've seen you walking to work, and I know you quit drinking. And, and he's like, I'm already down 30 pounds. And here was someone that's starting to turn their life around by seeing me do something. And that's when I had my aha moment. I'm like, if I can make that much of an impact without trying to, um, what kind mm -hmm. of an impact can I make if I start to be more intentional in how I um, – serve and how I, you know, connect with other people. And that's what started to lead me into fitness and nutrition. We connect the dots, not when we're in it, we connect the looking back. So for me, um, I did a lot of binge drinking, a lot of partying. I wouldn't change a thing. It just was, it, it's what it was at the time. Um, there was a lot of highs and a lot of lows associated with that lifestyle. But, you know, I'm, I have no regrets, no anger, no resentment. It's, it's divinely brought me to where I am now. It's made me who I am. So if I'm going to honor the good, I need to honor the, the, the polarity of life in general, right? It's a hermetic principle. It's just, it's just ebb and flow. So for me, um, when I got into fitness, it started to take the place of I took a deconstructive habit like alcohol and I replaced it with fitness. Not intentionally. I didn't sit down and go, oh, I need to do this, this, this. It's just where I was naturally led. Right. So the walking, the work sparked me to walk more and then start running, which got me into fitness. I did three certifications in training. I can't have to do anything. That's one thing with people who know me, my personality. I'm either all in or I'm not at it at all. <laughs> so, you know, within six months, I had three fitness certifications. But once I got working in fitness, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. This is this is a part of how I want to help people. And it's how I transition my life it's how i got my clarity it's how i started to develop my confidence but it, i didn't want to be one-on-one -on -one just taking people through workouts that's when i start writing my book and at the helm was born right and it's been the foundation of all my work for six years so we don't always need to know the next 10 steps we just need to know the next one step and that's interesting again now you've told me that you're from the east coast and you talk about at the helm i mean were you playing on on fishing boats since you were born or is that what is this helm talk you know my father fished a lot of his life but i didn't spend a lot of time on the water i was probably in a fishing boat four or five times my whole life because what? both my mom and dad had a huge fear of deep water right so oh. um they would even though dad fished he, he had a fear of it right he when he was younger he had friends who drowned they tried to save them so i can't even imagine what that would have been like uh, and my mom was just something probably from past lives, even because um, you couldn't even drive by the water with her in the car. She would get out of the car at the top before we drive down to the wharf because she didn't want to be in the car. So that was always um, in my 
mind and being programmed, right? So it's a fear that I had for a long while until I decided to face it and learn to swim and train nine months in the air taking to the triathlon. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was literally sink or swim. That's the way I am. So if I'm going to face a fear, I'm going to face that fear, right? It doesn't mean you remove it, right? You know, another time I kayaked out to this beautiful iceberg with a friend and it was nerve wracking, but empowering. Like when I came back from that two, three hour row, like I, I had energy, like it was just like someone plugged me into a generator, you know, it's just, uh, we need to face those things in a healthy way. Um, and it's not about competing. I'm never competing. I'm always creating. But life's about collaboration and unity. We're wired for connection, and we're actually not separate, as you know. And we're meant. We have an. I believe we have an individual, individual, sorry, um, purpose as a soul, a soul's mission, a dharma, a calling, a purpose. But we also have a collective journey, right? And it's just a beautiful dance of unified consciousness. I think, right? So, um, when I got into fitness and nutrition, it's what led me to getting into public speaking, right? So writing my book, I got thinking about what I need to do. Who do I have to become to do the things I want to do? And I started to have all these fears come up. Because on stage, if I have a guitar, I don't care if there's 100,000 people. Bring them on, turn on the lights, give me a mic. I'm born to entertain. That's in my soul. That's in my DNA. I know that. I've, I've done sound checks where I strum the guitar with the band, and I feel every cell from my feet right up to my crown just poof, fire, right? I'm like, this is going to be a fun show. So that's something that's innate in me, and I can't explain it. But public speaking, even if I was in corporate sitting in a meeting, as it went around the table and it was my turn to talk about the spreadsheet and the numbers, I would feel anxiety. Mm. Right. So just by vocalizing that out loud that I had a fear of public speaking um, gave it less power. And then I started to go to something called Toastmasters. My partner at the time, former partner, she said, um, you should try Toastmasters. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. I was like, I like toast. I'll go check it out. No, I, so I went to Toastmasters and, you know, I did five or six speeches. And within that time, I went to a local event called Mo Mondays, Mo Mondays London. It's a beautiful event. It's all over Canada. Michelle Leray is the founder in Toronto. I've stayed in his house a few times. He makes a really good cappuccino. He loves to sing and play music. So ticked all the boxes there. Um, but when I went to Mo Mondays, I was inspired by all the speakers so much that I went home and applied to speak. And I never forget, like, spending that hour, hour and a half, putting in all the information, sending. And when I hit send, there was fear and excitement. And I think anytime we do fear and excitement, we're on the right track, right? Because everything we see is on the other side of fear. So um, I didn't see it happening. But within six months from saying, I have a fear of public speaking, recording myself at home, public speaking, going to Toastmasters, just speaking on Mondays, um, another few months, and I was the co-host for a year of Mo Mondays. So again, I went from not wanting to speak to you can't get me to stop. So, <laughs> so it, it's interesting. The journey lights up as we go, but it's about taking action. It's one thing at a time, one day at a time. We'll make quantum leaps in life. That's by our divine creator source, the quantum field, whoever you want to term that for you. But the day to day, it's like one thing at a time, one day at a time. That's sustainable change because it becomes you embody it. It's like gratitude. Gratitude is not an act. It's, it's a way of being. It's something we feel. When we feel gratitude, when we're in gratitude, that's when it really starts to serve, right? Because we feel it. It's an authentic feeling. Mm -hmm. So you developed uh, a model that was based on that gratitude and connection and collaboration. Can you tell us uh, why these three values? 
Uh, gratitude was important to me because I fully feel that when we um, when we're truly grateful, when we start our day with gratitude, um, our attitude, as Jim Rohn said, not our aptitude, determines our altitude, right? Yeah. And, you know, he had so many brilliant short sayings, right? Success is something we attract by the person we become. But all these things are different for everyone. But I, when I first start writing my quotes, my second quote, I think I have like, I don't know, 40 to 50 of them written now, um, motivation ones. But the second one was about gratitude. And I wrote, it's okay to want more in life. But appreciate what you have while you work towards what you want. I have a reset now for gratitude. Anytime I'm taking life too serious or taking myself way too serious, right? Um, I have a reset because no matter what you have right now in this very moment, I'm willing to bet no matter what you're working through, what you're struggling with, you can bet there is many people that would love to have what you have right now. Mm-hmm. And I did a talk at an open door event in Newfoundland. A few years ago, uh, the day after my book launch, and the impact of hearing a story of people that just came back from Peru, this stuck with me. I'll give you a brief story here. They were at basically a dump site in Peru where there was a community of people living in the dump. And there was a 12-year-old boy they were talking to, and he started to cry. And the guy was talking to him, and he said, what's the matter? What's wrong? He said, I worry about the poor people. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, I just, my, crown, my crown's like, no. so everything is perspective. So here he was 12 years old, living in the dump, but that's all he's ever seen. That's all he's ever known. So to him, he had shelter, community, and the food that they salvaged. So he worried about poor people. And every time I find myself taking life too serious, that's my go-to. That's my reset. Um, do I really have that much to stress about? What am I grateful for? I love what you mentioned there about perspective. Um, Many years ago, I had the privilege and honor of working with Michael J. Fox. Um, And I know I can share his name here. Um, And, you know, know, from someone looking in and seeing Michael with his health challenges, you tend to want to come from a place of pity, you know? And, and I remember speaking with Michael about it and, and he's, his perspective when he said, you know, Steve, I'm the luckiest guy alive. <laughs> and if, in fact, he went on to write a book called The Lucky Man, I believe it's called. Um, and it was just so refreshing to see his whole perspective on, you know, dealing and living with Parkinson's and, and how most people, I can only imagine, you know, how we would react to that diagnosis. And yet he turned it around uh, and could see the gift in it. And he said, you know, Steve, I used to think my life, my purpose was to be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. He said, but my purpose is to find a cure for Parkinson's. You know, I said, he said, I don't have to work another day in my life and neither do any of my descendants. He said, but I'm doing this for the single mom who comes down with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I won't rest until I, I find this, you know? And so as I say, every crisis has a blessing, but it was just so refreshing to understand or to hear his perspective on it. And I think, you know, it's the same when you're talking to this young kid in the, on the dumps in Peru to mm-hmm. see, you know, I, I worry about the poor people, you know, it's, yeah. it's mind boggling. 
And we're all just passing through. As Ramdas said, I love the expression, we're all just walking each other home because I really yeah. think it's true. We're stronger together. And, you know, one thing Mo Mondays gifted me more than anything, it wasn't about um, co-hosting or being on stage. It was fun to do those things and play music and get outside the comfort zone. But it was the people that I got to hear, their personal stories. Some were very, uh, you know, known speakers and some were just, the average Joe that wanted to tell their story. And some of those unpolished stories were the most powerful. And uh, you see that in, in our divine hour, we, we can choose to turn our pain into power. So, you know, just the locus of control, life happens to us or for us. And I believe fully that everything, and I mean everything, is happening for us, happening for the collective. And not to get too um, philosophical, I'm fascinated with consciousness and flow state and performance, right? And when I think about race, religion, economics, borders, I don't see that. I see it's simply about where is the dream of the planet, where's the collective consciousness frequency at, and how do we raise that? Because we can try to move matter, be matter changing matter, or we can become one with the quantum and be energy creating matter. And I think it's about vibration, gratitude, all these things that we embody, but you can't get there outside. We look so much outside ourselves in life until we learn that is the journey inward. You know, I've co-authored four books now, and the second last one I did was called We Are the Sacred Masculine Rising. And my chapter was called The Journey Inward. And I seen that chapter two years before this book came. I seen the ebook. I couldn't explain it, but I kept seeing it. And then when I was writing that, um, co-authored, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is what I've been seeing. So uh, and to go back to Act of Helm, that was a title that I didn't plan in my journaling. You know, whether it's early morning, late at night, we're very connected to source. And I think we're channeled even more subconsciously. And I would be writing in my journal every now and then I'd write Act of Helm, quotation, Act the Helm, quotation. And I didn't know what it was about. And someone, one of my friends sparked the idea, Jimmy Inch in Halifax. And he sparked the idea about the book as I was telling him what I was doing, moving to London. Here's some of the things I'm going to be working on. He's like, Michael, I see a book. And I was open to that concept and he just planted that seed. And within two months I was starting to write that book. So we don't always need to know. It's just like, follow those whispers, follow those inner knowings and trust the journey, right? It's the journey. If you're not having fun, you need to reassess. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it true? Uh, yeah. Do we forget that the whole idea was, this is a, a huge game and, and the, the, the first rule is have fun. Mm -hmm. Have fun playing the game. And if you don't like the game, change it. Change Isn't it. it that simple? I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, and yet we tend to do all this other stuff because one day we're going to have fun, right? One day we're going to do all the things that we've always wanted to do after we've, quote, sacrificed who we are, mm -hmm. you know, and how we are, and perhaps even misaligned ourselves in terms of the core values uh we have sold ourselves short and then we wonder why we get to wherever we thought we we're getting to and we you know what, what do we say we're successful perhaps but not fulfilled no right and fulfillment is is key right and and fulfillment comes through um collaboration and you know people say self-made or uh, that kind of thing <laughs> kind of triggers me because i'm like no no one's self-made i don't care what your profession is what you're doing you do, everything flows through people and relationships and trust that's the foundation of anything we do and someone somewhere along the way helped you just like someone helped them right open a door that you couldn't open or that you didn't even see saw something in you that you didn't see yet that's what we do as coaches. I'm not a guru. No one's a guru. No matter how much wisdom you have, it has to be ignited from within. So 
where we guide them. I always call myself a personal GPS. You know, I help people become clear on where they are and help guide them, you know, um, but the power is within them. The power is always within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know someone that wrote a book on that. It's called Finding the Guru Within. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Amazing. I think his name is Tarun Puri. <laughs> and I look forward. I look forward to actually reading that book. Tarun. <clears throat> no, that, that would be wonderful. I mean, uh, uh, the uh, the more of us who can anchor that whole concept of the personal GPS, mm -hmm. and for me, that was given to me as the Guru positioning system. Yeah, when you told me that, I love it. I'm like, oh, I talk about GPS too, but I love the yeah. guru positioning system. That's really right. Cool. And yeah. so the guru is what? The guru is the dispeller of darkness. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's bringing light to the darkness or another word for darkness is ignorance. Mm -hmm. So we're just sometimes, it's not that we're there, that we're not whole or complete. We're just ignorant of what is within us. And because we've been so busy trying to fix it from out there in every thing that I've ever undertaken in my own journey and then in supporting over the last 35 plus years uh, individuals what, through whatever medium, the one consistent and constant theme was if you really want to have sustained change and if you really want to, um, you know, quote, be happy in a, in a, in a meaningful way or fulfilled, it, it has to be an inside out job. Yes. Uh, and that and that's why the theme finding the guru within was it didn't matter if it was leadership, mentorship, teams, um, you know, working with little people, big people, big people behaving like little people. It didn't <laughs> it didn't seem to matter. And here's the thing, as you were speaking a few minutes ago, I remembered saying, uh, I'll tell you a really quick story about downtown Calgary. OK, the good old days of the oil. Uh, uh, I was brought in by the H.R manager to do a uh, they were bringing their whole team from it was a big um, uh, real estate development company uh, that did commercial real estate projects all over and they grew very quickly very fast so they brought in all their people from north america and uh, and i um, i was doing back-to-back -back programs from them on managing the energy not their stress and as part of that program their vp of marketing international had just returned from a flight and uh, and he was jet lagged and i was doing a two-minute tune-up where i show people how to reset quickly by pressing certain points and he volunteered and which they were shocked because this was one of those guys that says touch me not don't talk to me i'm the boss you're not and like they were like afterwards he goes can you do you know who that was i said no they said, well, i can't believe him let, let, let you work on him let alone volunteered okay let's fast forward the message here is that this gentleman was so intrigued by this inside out approach uh his jet lag lifted by the break and he was feeling like way better so he saw results from what his body was able to do and he indicated that he was interested in working with me in mentorship and coaching, which, you know, and helping him in his position, because, of course, in VP positions, the responsibility is huge. And yet it it wouldn't translate it. it, it that, you know, I couldn't get that commitment, that step. And when I talked to my who became my friend, the, the HR manager, he says, Trun, you got to understand something in this environment, in this ethos amongst the leadership if you are a leader now I, I want to get your take on this if you are in a leadership position to want to get coaching or mentoring is seen as a sign of weakness i was shocked i almost fell off. i said what i mean it's the first time i heard that and i and all i said to him i said i accept that please when you get a chance ask them one question and only one question 
name one Olympian who made it to the gold without a coach, just yeah. one. And I just, I just let it go. So what, you, what is your coach. Not one coach, like an Olympian, you think about it, they ha they'll have yes. a specific, they'll have a nutrition, they'll have a mindset, right? They might have a holistic, uh, it takes a team, it takes a community to raise, to raise, you know, kids and families. And I just think it's just natural that we need that support. We think we're meant to go it alone. That was my biggest block. I was a giver, helper, fixer, always seeking validation, but never open to receive, right? Mm. And the way, I, the way I share it with people when I'm on stage, I'm like, how many people in here love to help other people? I'm like everyone in the room, raise hands up, you know? I'm like, how many people in here love to ask for help? And just like crickets, two or three people. <laughs> and even then, right? I'm like, what do you think that is? And I said, if you think about it, um, when we learn to allow people to give to us, we're still giving because if we think about the feeling that we have when we give to someone, when we give someone the opportunity to give to us, then we're giving them that feeling. So we're still giving by being open to receive. You know, people say you can't pour from an empty cup. And I love that analogy, but it, you know, it might be overused, but it's powerful. But I have my friend, um, Vicky talked to me about it when I was in Tuscany and she was trained with Bob Proctor and a few other people. And she had her own, she had a separate mentor and her mentor said, it's not about pouring from your cup. It's about self-care. It's about your cup is so full that you're still giving, but you're always giving from the overflow. You're never depleting yourself. Beautiful. Which is a perfect lead in actually to the five uh, leadership things, but we can jump into those whenever is. No, that's I think this whole conversation is naturally going to. So if we have that kind of an ethos, that kind of a thinking out there, I'm sure it's not only Calgary, right? Um, that somehow that if you need a coach or to assist you in your, you know, in doing what you do, that that's a sign of weakness. And, and yet you're calling yourself a business alchemist. And to me, I, I understand that term and I get it that that's talking about connection and inside out and and rather than this stratified system mm -hmm. uh, i'm very curious to hear in the process of your approach what these keys are that you've come up with and and how they could work and perhaps raise the consciousness or at least give food for thought to these people who have somehow seen this as a weakness for sure and and i love that segue because it's only recently that i really stepped into you know the leadership seer business alchemist to be able to say that because you know i say it with much uh, humility because i'm a channel right you know my book at the helm i love the five pillars they've been the core of a lot of the work i've done in six years but they were divine gifts that channeled through me onto the paper. I don't link my identity to that book. Um, it's a part of something that I shared. And just like many other people who shared before, it's not something new. Oh, look what I created. Look what I made. No, I allowed it to flow through me. I can take credit for, for allowing it to flow, for putting these, you know, link in my personal story for sure. I'm not trying to minimize it, but it's really, it's about the message, right? And so in leadership, we lead ourselves first. It really starts with us. And so uh, when I, I just recently co-authored uh, Peak Performance Mindset Tools for the Entrepreneur, and I was asked to focus on peak performance, specifically how it relates to leadership. And when I thought about that, it's, it started right away. It starts with you. <laughs> that was the name <laughs> of the first section. I said, it starts with you. Because if we don't journey inward, if we don't know thyself, you say, know thyself, you shall know the universe and the gods, right? So how do we show up as a leader is by authentically knowing how to show up as yourself being comfortable in our own skin, being okay with receiving help, right? Vulnerability is a sign of strength, not weakness. And having someone coach you and support you is not weakness. It's just, it's an old paradigm. It's an old belief system that's limiting how he can show up, right? So I teach 
peak performance, human potential. It's about fueling your mind, body, spirit every single day. People say, even when I went back to school back in 2011, they're like, how do you find time to go for a run? How do you find time to go to the gym? I'm like, how do you find time not to? That's I love that. Right? <laughs> so, I, and I would study lots and I put my work, I had a 94 average, but at the same time, it was because of the balance, the work ethic I had working in corporate for that many years, I took back to school. But I'd go to the playground with my son and I'd play and run. And he could, I trained for triathlons. And when he was two and three, he could wear me out quicker than any triathlon I had ever done in the playground. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was in shape. Um, and the way they crawl and move and stuff, you know? So um, that was always good. And that was one of my reboots. I'd go and do that, making time for those things because they're only going to be that age once, right? And, and when I get back to my books, everything that I was reading is percolating, is moving around. And then, you know, pay attention in class and pay attention to what you need to actually study. So I'm segueing a little bit, but it's about finding flow and fulfillment in every day, every step, right? Every feature. So before I did my, I did a clarity session right before this call and I set intention, right? I, I took a minute to have my singing bowl, to make tones and to be present. Same thing before this call. May I be a divine channel what's meant to flow for the collective, right? It's and, and people can have notes if it serves you, and that's good too. I just learn really quickly through my talks that I can't script things. I just need to show up and have a conversation. So with leadership, it starts with you. And when you can really lead yourself and you have that clarity and foundation and self-awareness, emotional intelligence, all those things, that's when you can learn the other steps. The second key to me, the first key is lead yourself first. It starts with you. You know, really know yourself and fill that cup. Develop, you know, personal growth. I was on a hamster wheel for many years. I was on a unconscious belief system that was set to uh, what's it called? A default called fixed mindset, right? And but once I that tap came on back in 2010, there's no turning off that growth mindset now. The more I learn, well, for one thing, the more I learn, the more I know I'll never know it all, <laughs> which is kind of good because that takes the pressure off from trying to think we know it all. Um, but it always means we have room to learn. We have room to grow. And to me, that's exciting because when we're learning, we're motivated. So if you master yourself, if you focus on self-mastery, if you focus on the journey inward, then you can be a, a really effective leader. That's the first key. And the second key is that you work for your team. I mean, of course, your team works for you. Yes. But you have to have the mindset that you are working for them. You are serving and supporting them. Right. And when you work for your team, you can bet that your team will work for you. They'll go over and above when they know you got their back, when they know you're in their corner. You have the work for your team. Don't take them for granted. Sometimes people want entrepreneurs and business owners. They want their employees to be as excited about the business as they are. And that's just not going to happen. Unless they got shares in the company, maybe they will be. But like, honestly, they're just not going to. It's two different dynamics. But that doesn't mean you can't motivate them and get the right people, right? Not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. It takes a certain mindset, a certain energy, right? You know, everyone, and we need people in all these different industries. And I've seen people, the most amazing servers and, and waitresses at different places that love what they do, that bring life to everyone they talk to, that, that you know, got promoted to a higher position, went back to serving because that's what they love to do. That's what they were natural at. What here is good with this and what here is good with that. And just really, you know, there's people who you can find any profession that they're very, you know, you can be good at something you don't like, but you can't be great at something you don't like, right? So finding people in your team, what friends you need, right? And that leads me to, so the first key, again, lead yourself first. Second key, you're working for your team. Take on that mindset and really embody it. It's going to serve you and your business. And the third key, 
is about personal growth. I think it gets missed way too much. Thankfully, less and less, you know, people are waking up to the power of personal growth, but people, there's so much for professional development, train the trainer, systems, procedures, all these things, compliance, all those things are important. I'm not, I'm not minimizing them at all. They serve a purpose, they serve a function, and they're important. But um, if I went into a business and I did nothing, only took their leadership team and I did personal growth, nothing else for three months, one-on-ones, I know that one of two things will happen. Um, for one thing, they'll start showing up better. Their, their performance will be higher. Their energy will be higher. They'll be more fulfilled. Before I even get into the business side, if I'm just helping them with their personal. I don't think this. I've experienced it. I feel it as something that I intrinsically know, right? It's just how it's how you motivate people from the inside out. It's it's um how you delegate or how you assign a task to someone. You know, if I'm at my desk and I'm, I have a company that wants some new branding and I have someone in my team that I know could knock it out of the park, if I just send them an email saying, hey, here's company XYZ, here's the logo, let me see a draft by Friday, that's a task, right? But if I go over and chat and say, hey, how's, how's your week going? I'm really excited. Here's a company I'm working about. Here's some of what they're about. Here's their energy. Here's their mission. Here's, here, you know, um, I really know you knocked it out of the park. Here's some of their branding. Why don't you work on something? Let's meet on Friday, see what you come up with. Same task, same job, but all of a sudden that person's going to be more motivated to do that work, right? So when people know, so the first key, lead yourself. Second key, know that you work for your team. And the third is to really support and foster personal growth, not just professional. And that leads you into, as you foster their personal growth, guess what you're getting awareness on? You're getting awareness on what their interests are, where their natural strengths are. Brendan Bashar calls a PFI. Everyone has a primary field of interest. What are you doing when you've got downtime? What are you reading? What are you downloading? What audiobook are you listening to? What podcast are you called to? What YouTube videos are you called to? Right? What documentary series are you called to? Right? As Zig Ziglar said, Automobile University. I love, like, what are you listening to to learn? Right? That's areas that you're naturally drawn to for a reason, right? And when people understand their natural strengths and the team actually understands that too, then you can really have leveraging the, the, the strengths of your team, which is the fourth key. So again, lead yourself, um, work for your team, foster personal growth. And then when you, when you do that, you're, you're really setting the stage to understand their strengths and start to leverage the strengths within your team. You can't be everything to everyone. No one can. And that's, that's good. It means you can find people, let people find their flow state and their genius, right? You can be competent in something that's not your flow, but you can't be super great at it. Like you really can't, it can't, it's not your best time. And how many businesses does the owner or CEO spend too much time putting out fires when they should be, or could be, or they could be getting to foster new impacts, new collaborations, new projects, right? So that takes time. But once you start to really leverage the strength, it comes to the number five, which I'm fascinated with. I love flow state. You know, I'm a flow consultant. I'm a flow code coach. I've studied flow in many different areas from a scientific point, from an esoteric side. When it comes to alchemy, um, we all have the power to harness flow state. Many athletes naturally do it, musicians. You know, what are you doing when time disappears? The main thing I love about flow state, when you create from flow, I fully believe that you are so connected to your divine creator, you're so every level of awareness, every cell in your body is in the task at hand. Whatever you're doing will be for the collective. It will serve the collective. It won't, it can't be good for one and bad for another. So, you know, flow state is the fifth key. So not only harnessing flow of your individual 
team members, but learning collective flow. When you have a team that's in collective flow, you are unstoppable. You know, I mean, from from you ever see a game that you're watching and you're like, this team is done. There's no way they can come back. And all of a sudden there's a shift and the other team's starting to scramble and the other team's just coming back, coming back, coming back. They're unstoppable. And before the buzzer, they win the game. And the other team's like, what was that? That was collective flow. The other person knew what the next person was doing. They're connected through consciousness and energy, right? SWAT is a bit of an extreme analogy, but I think with the book Stealing Fire, um, they talked about collective flow being used in SWAT analysis, or, or SWAT, not, not analysis, SWAT scenarios, where uh, there is no designated leader. It's based on what's happening in real time. One, this guy could be the leader, and all of a sudden the next person is the leader, and they just know who's falling back, who's leaning ahead, and what's happening, right? Collective flow is really powerful. And as much as I love flow state, I do like to talk about from someone from peak performance and, and potential, you can't live in flow. It's ebb and flow, right? Flow and steady is great, but you're not growing in flow. You are tapped in. You are powerful. You are productive. Scientifically, they say 400 to 500% sometimes more productivity. So who doesn't want your employee to be 400% more productive, right? So they're only going to do that if you learn to foster their personal growth, let them know you work for them and, and understand their strengths and let them use your strengths as much as possible in their role. But then don't spend too much time in there. Make sure you're outside the comfort zone. So it's like a balance between flow and grow. I always say when we're flowing, we're creating as powerful, but when we're, so I can be in flow now on stage talking and that was not my flow state. So I took time to grow and to, practice at home, go to Toastmasters, go to Mo Mondays, co-host an event, even though I was nervous, to build those skills and competencies. So now I can be in flow while I do it. So it's balancing those two. But as a leader, you want to lead with yourself, right? To journey inward and be clear, uh, self-awareness, all those things, be clear on the vision of the company. And then you want to let your team know you work for them, support their personal growth, leverage your strengths and understand their strengths, develop their strengths further, and harness flow. And when you do the first four, the flow kind of just naturally happens. It's not something like you scientifically set up. It's just something, it's, it's a collective knowing. It's it's motivation. It's just, it's a byproduct of the, doing the first four, right? No, that's uh, that's absolutely uh, just beautiful. It, it, it the, the whole model flows itself, by the way. So <laughs> congratulations on, on all the ebbing you did to get to that flow. Uh, I was thinking I've always had an issue because like you, I, uh, you know, offer uh, the model that goes from the inside out. And mm -hmm. I always try to communicate to industry and organizations that it really doesn't matter to me what you do because you know what you do and you're the best at it because that's why you're doing it. What I'm looking for is who you are. And if I can align who you are, then everything and everyone benefits. So I don't just make you a trained fill in the blank at work, no. but I help you to become aligned and consistent from the inside out. And then your, your business, your family, your dog, I mean, everybody benefits, right? So what do you have to say about this distinction in, industry in business between professional and personal like this you know professional yeah. at work keep your personal stuff outside the door mm -hmm. um uh, what's what has your experience been with that um 
I think it's an old paradigm, an old system that's really, you know, it's motivated by fear, <laughs> right? And it's it's soon Mother Gaia's energy and frequency won't even support those models. That's my take. I, I don't think it's a matter of if it goes there, it's when it goes there because it has to. Uh, from from a evolution of a species of a consciousness, it's just a lower vibration. It's um it's a separate approach. It's a competitive dog eat dog. Got to survive. Take from one to give to another. Like that's that's not the way it really is in the bigger picture. And everything has divine order and will unfold. But I think companies more and more are embracing the power of utilizing your team creating leaders within your team you're going to have some people that you know it's going to hurt a bit when they leave but they're going to outgrow your company they're going to come up with their own vision and what you should do is everything you can to support them launching what just spark inside their soul because when they leave the right person will fill that position anyway right and you get to mentor and train someone else so everyone has their gifts everyone has their talents um, there's no utopia that you can create up there's no five-step system um, my system is not meant to help everyone but i do know that whether it's my five pillars or my five keys for leadership um, it will if implemented change the trajectory of either your personal life or your business or both because personal like you said whether we like it or not, we're not separate from our work. We're part of energy. We bring our energy to and from work, right? We bring ourselves to and from home life, right? It's about when we feel our mind, body, spirit every day, you go to show up better in all areas, right? I was always a pretty present father. You know, I, 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 I'm far from perfect. I'm a work in progress like everyone. But I can tell you in the last 10 years of doing this inner work, I know I show up better for all relationships, work relationships. My son, I'm more present. I'm more intentional. Am I perfect? Far from it. Some days I'm a train wreck, just like anyone. But, you know, it's about knowing that we're not meant to be perfect and that it's one thing at a time, one day at a time. But you cannot keep it separate, right? You can't keep personal. I mean, I, I agree that you don't come in and, like, just, you know, woe is me and tell your story. And that's no, that's not what I'm saying. But when they're supported at a personal level, they will perform better at work. Plus, they feel valued, they feel heard. They're not just a number. So at the end of the day, people get too caught up on the bottom line, the profit margin, which is really important. I help people look at the profit more because I I have lots of conscious creators and entrepreneurs that are so much about impact that they're not worried about the bottom line. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, your margins need to be, the more you make, the more impact you can make. You know, it's great that you want to give, but you need to set it up. So it's finding that balance, but it's not one for the other. It's balancing both. Right. Because when people are heard and understood, they're going to do their best for you and the team. So there's your finance background, <laughs> giving you a very solid foundation to recognize. Right. That yeah. it's, it's the blood. It's the blood flow of the organization. Right. And Absolutely. so it's important. resources. <laughs> yes. Whatever people you're done, whatever your clients you're done, it all comes down to people, relationships, trust. And whether it's a product or service is about adding value, is about solving a problem is about creating a desired result for the people. Like when someone hires me as a coach, they're not saying, oh, here, here's some money, right? It's they're investing into their results, right? Right. But, yeah, but I love what you said, Michael, about, you know, it's all about the relationships, but it really starts with that relationship with yourself. Yes. And I think so many people put that on hold, put it in the back burner. Yes. 
And I was just doing a coaching session this morning and I was talking about that very thing, you know, and, and at what cost, as Trun likes to say all the time, at what cost and what's it costing not only your own personal health and well-being, but what's it costing the team? Yeah. And if you want to truly live by and lead by example, then you've got to make that relationship with yourself, number one. Yeah. And then, and it's also about allowing your team members to have that as well. And as you, you mentioned about, you know, understanding what, what makes them tick, what videos they like to watch, what music they like. Again, it's about understanding their hierarchy of values mm-hmm. and learning to communicate your values in terms of theirs. You know, and this is one thing, and we've discussed this in another episode about, you know, company mission statements and the vision of the company. And they seem to put it out there without giving any uh, regard to what is the, the employee's values? What is their vision? What is their mission? Yep. And so what if there was that truly collaborative approach yeah. of, of saying, you know, okay, let's see how we can all succeed in achieving you know, our goals in life. Uh, and not only that, you know, you mentioned about the old model is dropping away and it's becoming more collaborative. It's even the same among companies. They're becoming less competitive and more mm-hmm. collaborative yeah. and realizing that we can all help each other and we can share ideas and energy and information. You know, and that's one of the things I've noticed working within hotels and, and recently, a lot of the hotels are now sharing information about guests prior to the guest arriving. And I'm not talking about the same company, you know, a different hotel within the same company. I'm talking about other hotels. So you may have, you know, one brand of hotel will have a guest in house and then they know that the guest is going to another brand for the second part of their holiday. Well, they'll actually get on the phone and share information about what was the guest likes and dislikes, you know. Um, And so that when... Hmm. They arrive at their next destination, you know, they can really be on top of the ball and have a created a, a plan of action to continue that great experience for the guest. Yeah. And the guest arrives going, how the heck did they know about that about me? And this is what I think is so refreshing as the world is moving away from that competitive model and the me, me, me versus that more collaborative we, 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 and yeah. sharing that information for the better good of the client, you know, I think it's so refreshing. Yeah. And I really think uh, possibilities are infinite when we join. It's like the mastermind principle when two or two minds are more joined, right? It's like energetically, we're literally giving up more fuel, more energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super powerful. Mm -hmm. So at this point, uh, you know, you're, you're writing and, 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 uh, training uh, teams, especially, I think that's a passion that I'm getting from you is that you see yes. the world uh, it, it needs to be more collaborative and you bring this whole approach of um, how to align yourself. And then once you're aligned, then you align with each other. And then, and then we get the, the flow state happening where you can actually <laughs> harmonize. Um, I always visualize those dragon boat racers, you know, I just get this vision of <laughs> those beautiful dragon boats where everybody's just in, everybody's an individual, 
See, yeah. it's not it's not that you lose your identity. It's that oh. you own your identity. Yes. Exactly. And then when you're secure within that, you keep it in your own space is how I put it. Yeah. See, and then when you know who you are and why you are, then you can go from I or me to we. All right. And, and, and it doesn't diminish you, actually. And then you get this exponential uh, energy taking place as that team, the whole word, the, the team comes together mm -hmm. and the trajectory opens up. It, it's like taking a lot of lights. Maybe there's a lot of light in this room right now. But can I take that same light and focus it? Yeah. And now it's a laser. And we know what a laser can do. Right. Yeah. So in that sense, in sort of, you know, looking to wrap up our little visit for today, I'm, I'm curious to say that, OK, so we've got the snapshot of this. Uh, this this gentleman named Michael Doyle, who's, you know, ran away from the coast, from the water up to the freezing Arctic. And he actually says he likes it, which that just makes me shudder because after decades in, in Calgary, I still don't like snow. So isn't it beautiful how different we are? Like no, I, is, I've yeah. tried to like snow. I've tried to honor the snow. But you know what? It's not working. So <laughs> isn't that interesting? And 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 how you made what we call, Steve and I call the decision. Mm -hmm. See, we may be the best mentors in the world, which I think we are personally, but the point <laughs> is we still can't make you make the decision. We cannot make the decision for you, right? Some combination within you went to that perfect space where suddenly the spark, as you said, and then the decision was made yeah. and that, that started to get you moving forward in incremental steps uh, and, and surrendering and unfolding. Um, uh, it, it's, it's just wonderful. The inspiration you give people to that, but just to wrap up in a couple of few words. So with the person listening to this journey and then hearing where you are now and how you're still growing, um, what message do you want to, give out to the listener what what what's coming from your heart i would say take time to go inward to know yourself as much as possible and you will find two things you are your biggest obstacle <laughs> i'm going to say that <laughs> and you are your greatest asset but the good news is you can choose and program and intention and move forward to what side you feel the most Right. If you fuel the fear, we create from fear or love. There's two words in the language of the soul. So journey inward to know yourself, to what lights you up, to get comfortable in your own skin. Where do you need to forgive? Is it others? Is it yourself? Is it being open to receive? Right. Is it self-worth, self-love? The journey of self-love for me has been quite a journey. Not to say I've mastered it by no means, but it's it until you embody it. It's just a theory. We can understand intellectually. It's like fitness. Everyone knows that if you eat healthy food, stay away from takeout and processed and eat in moderation, get good rest, drink lots of water, we know what to do. It doesn't mean that we're all doing it, right? So journey inward and intentionally fuel the love, fuel possibility. When we are kids, we just see possibility, imagination. You know, NASA did a study where like kids are 95% genius at a younger age, and it literally gets programmed out of you. By the time you're, you know, 25 and 30, there's a lot less because people say, oh, what about if it doesn't work? And I'm always like, what if it does? It took me a long while to reawaken my inner child. So have fun. Enjoy the journey. Feed your inner child. I think I feed my inner child chocolate. I was in um, Tuscany for a writing retreat a few years ago. And one of the ladies on the retreat, she said, Michael, I love that you feed your inner child because I was just joking around and playing. And I think I was on a, a swing in the playground or something on her walk or 
being the silly one, those little, you know, the horse things with the spring, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, I love that you feed your inner child. She said, in fact, I think you feed them chocolate. So, <laughs> and it's stuck, it's stuck in my head. So like, honestly, my, my biggest advice, seek joy daily, find time for fun, go inward and feel the asset part of you because we all have the obstacle and the, and the asset, right? And it's the one we feel is the one to thrive. So. You seen a, a you seen a theme developing here, Tarun? Oh, and, I'm just you know, yes. the, the last guest we had on was a young 15 year old kid CEO, and wow. you know he he left us with his words of wisdom, which was basically, "Do what makes you happy." Love it. Period. You know, we couldn't yeah, get him. To, we couldn't get him to commit to what do you want to be when you grow up, and 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 where do you want to go, and what's your vision, and all those grand questions that we had prepared, right, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just doing what makes me happy, and 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 yes, and, and and when when I'm not happy, I'll sit with it. He said, "What makes me happy plus productive." And he goes, and when that's not happening, no matter how much I'm doing some a lot of, I'll just change it. I mean, talk about radical. I'll just yeah. change it. I'll just think, well, okay, that doesn't make me happy anymore. So um, I'll change it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it, it was so elegantly simple. And that's the new generation coming yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, 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 and yet we have other guests that are, uh, we're going to be recording some episodes with that are going to be talking about joy, creating through joy. Yes. Okay. And, and others, other ones that are going to be talking uh, about, um, philanthropy and entrepreneurship and how both can be very successful when they're brought together. And it's what Mm -hmm. your values and intentions are for doing something like, I guarantee that that 12 year old in Peru who was sad about the poor is going to make a difference in the world because that consciousness that he's bringing, Mm -hmm. right. Is the seed. And, 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 you know, he will be part of the solution and not the problem. And I love what Maya Angelou said, you know, when she, we were talking about legacy one time when uh, I think she was talking with Oprah or something and she, Oprah had opened this school and said, I really think this school is going to be my legacy. And she's like, you have no idea what your legacy will be. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I really think this school like this is going to be. And she's, she's like, like, she's like, your legacy is every life you touch. Wow. And it's so simple and so powerful. So. Right. We don't have to anchor it to, oh, I built this building and I've, you know, done this whole uh, event and, and look how many. It, it, you see, again, the head takes over and it's like, wait a minute here, people. Let's get centered. Let's get grounded. Let's Lead with your heart. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for touching our hearts today, Michael, and uh, the people listening. Thank you so much. Again, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. And it was a pleasure uh, connecting. Love and light. Yeah. Look forward to talking to you more and more than talking to you, listening to your beautiful music uh, and <laughs> guitars. You. So, so uh, really look forward. And of course, when you're in Calgary, um, please call, please join us. For and sure. this time, and this time, uh, Steve is paying. Okay. <laughs> Just so we're clear. All right. So come hungry. Okay. <laughs> I'll fast for at least three days, I figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it may not happen again after a long time. So we're just getting it all straight. Okay, Steve's buying. And uh, look forward to, to connecting heart to heart with you again. So uh, thank you so much. Um, Om Shanti. Let peace be with you. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Michael. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.
We trust you found practical value in this podcast and will enthusiastically share it with others in your circle. And if you are so moved, leave us a review or write a post on social tagging hashtag Chai Chat Podcast, and we will show our appreciation. Promise. Tarun Puri and Steve Harvey welcome you to join us for a Chai Chat at all of our live events and more. Connect with us with your questions, topic suggestions, and reviews at info at chaichatpodcast.com.